0: welcome to this presentation of Bethel Family Church. We hope you enjoy listening and that it helps you to grow closer to Jesus. We a little bit this morning, uh, as I mentioned before, about uh, our, our need for others and particularly for spiritual support. So we've been talking about some of the kind of the, the needs that we have as people. Last week we talked about how important it is to be part of a church and why the church is uh, the most important group of people on the on the planet. Uh, and, and we kind of ha- have talked a little bit about some of these things. So Some of you are familiar with the, the purpose-driven church material and the, the needs that we have as, as uh, the things that God's called us to do as believers and as a church, to to relate to one another, to be discipled, to worship, uh, to do ministry and serve others and to share the gospel. So this morning I want to, I guess, talk about this idea that we need other people in our life, we need a church family, we need to be connected to people for our, I guess, emotional and spiritual well-being. Now, we live in a world that very much tells us that the ultimate goal is to be independent, The ultimate goal of of life is to not need to rely on anybody, to not need help from anybody, to be self-sufficient, self-reliant, independent. That's kind of a a lot of the the messages that we get fed through our culture, through society. It's kind of like if you have this, then you'll be independent. You won't have to worry about who you, you know, what any decisions anybody else makes. You can be financially independent, so you don't have to depend on your your job or your boss or that sort of thing so you don't have to worry. The The problem with that is that it, if we strive towards independence as our ultimate goal, what we end up with is not happiness, it's loneliness. You don't have to to be an observer of, of human nature for very long, you don't have to kind of look very hard the people in your life around you, you can you know, go any, Go down to the uh, shopping center for example, you know, look on Facebook and social media to kind of see the kinds of things that we're willing to do for attention. <laughs> the kinds of things that people are willing to do for approval. The kinds of things that people are willing to do uh, for, uh, for affirmation or for affection. And what what we begin to see is that every person needs these things to some degree. We're just mostly, most of the time we don't want to necessarily admit how desperately we actually need those things from other people. Unless you're kind of in that sort of pre-marriage sort of courtship phase where you're kind of like, oh I need you, like the flower needs the sun and you know... (laughs) Some of you probably would have to think very hard to remember back to that time in your life, maybe, I don't know. (laughs) It seems like a long time ago for me, I don't know. My wife keeps trying to remind me about what I was like in those days and (laughs) I can't remember. No. But the reality is that we were created and we were made for relationship, we were made for community. We were made to connect with other people. We were not designed and created to be alone. Genesis 2 verse 18, in the very beginning when God created humankind, the very first thing that He declared, everything else up to that point, what did He declare? It it was good, wasn't it? And when He created man, the very first thing that He declared was this. He says, "...it is not good for man to be alone." This is not talking about, no, we're not just talking about being married, husband and wife kind of thing. It's, it's, a, it's a statement about how we were wired, how we were created as human beings. We were not designed to be uh, independent and on our own. Romans 12 verse 5 says, Since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other and each of us needs all the others. Did you know that? You don't just belong to your husband or your wife if you have one, you actually belong to your church family. We don't often think about that, do we? We don't often think about that in in those kind of terms, that I actually have a responsibility to you and you have a responsibility to me because we're part of a church family and what we do affects one another. So today, we're going to go through five reasons why you need a church family for your spiritual and emotional health. Why having a church family is so important. Reason number one, I need others to walk with me. This verse in Colossians chapter 2 verse 6 and 7 says, "...and now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow Him." being a believer and being a Christian is not just about a decision that you made or a prayer that you prayed once upon a time, is it? It's about continuing to live and walk and follow Jesus every day that came after that. Yes, that decision that you made was an important one, but being a believer is also about how you live and walk after that, it's a journey we often refer to our, uh, our spiritual life as our spiritual walk or our spiritual journey, don't we? Scripture describes, uh, often talks about our walk. We're told to walk in the light. We're told to walk in the Spirit. We're told to walk by faith. We're told over and over again uh, to, to walk, that it's meant to be kind of this progressive sort of thing that we grow, that we move, that we, we're, we're following Jesus, that we're walking um, with Him day by day. Now you might say, well that's, that's all very well and good but what's wrong with walking alone? Well, let me give you three reasons why it's better to walk together than to walk alone. Number Number one, it's better to walk together because it's safer. How many of you have ever been walking down some sort of dark street in some unfamiliar place in the middle of the night for whatever reason uh, and and felt unsafe? We, we do, don't we? And sometimes it's kind of like that, you know how you walk, you're sort of, you're walking, but like you continuously, like every little sound, you're like, what was that? Was that a person? <laughs> and some of it, like, so we hear lots of kind of stories about things that have, Happens to people who were out jogging and, you know, have been uh, assaulted or attacked because they, they were out alone. There is safety in numbers. There is less risk when we're walking together uh, as a group than when we're walking alone. So, it's safer. Number two, it's supportive. Other people can help motivate you to keep going. This is one of the reasons why, for me personally, uh, I am really not motivated when it comes to exercise. Some some of you are great at motivating yourself. I am terrible. Uh, And so I pay someone to be accountable to when it comes to my exercise. It's called a personal trainer. And it's worth it to me because I know that if I don't have someone that's expecting me to rock up, and be there and who does it with me and encourages me along the way that I'll make some kind of excuse. I'm sleepy this morning, I'm tired, I'm busy, Oh the kids need me to take them somewhere, you know, <laughs> because the reality is there are, you know, there are days that I just don't, I, you know, I get up and I just don't feel like doing the things that are good for my body. And sometimes aren't there days when we wake up on a Sunday morning and we don't really feel like doing the thing that is good for our spirit? There are days when we wake up and we don't really feel like coming to church. There are days we wake up and we don't really feel like praying or talking to God. There are days we wake up and we don't really feel like worshipping. You know, and sometimes it's in those moments when we really don't feel like it that we need it the most. And there are days when I get up and I don't want to come here and preach. <laughs> you know, but as, as I do that, I, but, you know, part of the trouble is that I know that everybody's expecting me to be here and expecting a sermon. <laughs> and so I, I do what I need to do. Part of that, part, you help to motivate me to get up and be here. And I am blessed and I benefit because of it. I've been through periods of my life where I wasn't particularly connected to church very much. And I wasn't, uh, there there weren't any expectations of me, I could come or not come, whatever I I chose and a lot of those times I chose not to come and it, it affected my spiritual walk, it affected my relationship with God. And so when I, when I come, sometimes it's because I, there's an expectation, sometimes it's because people are encouraging me when I come and I join together in worship. And maybe you've experienced this too. Sometimes you wake up, you don't feel like it, but you come anyway and you actually get really blessed as you start to worship. With your brothers and sisters here in your church family, as you start to listen to the Word, then God actually begins to encourage you, and your, your your tiredness or your weariness or or um, whatever it was, your discouragement, whatever it was that was not feel like wanting to come to church, begins to like you start it starts to go away, doesn't it? Maybe not every time, I don't know, uh, <laughs> but a lot of the time it works that way for me, and I, and I'm I'm gr- I'm glad that I came to church and as I begin to worship and just draw near to the presence of God and He begins to to refresh me and and awake me. There's an old African proverb that says, if you want to run fast, run alone. If you want to run far, run with other people. Isn't that good? All right, so walking together is safer, it's supportive but it's by walking together with other people than if you walk alone. You begin to see other people's walk. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but, you know, just, just like talking in terms of natural, natural world for a minute, we don't all walk the same, do we? We all have different ways of walking, different walking styles. It reminds me of... Um, John Cleese and the Ministry of Funny Walks. <laughs> some, of, some of you, yeah, the old Monty Python. Well, we, we're not quite that far, but, you know, you kind of look, there are little differences in in how we walk. Some of us walk like young, fit, strong people and some of us don't so much anymore. Um, you know, but, but there's all, some of us have longer legs than others and we take longer strides. Some of us take tiny little steps, uh, you know. Uh, but But we learn... Um, how we see other people walk and we we can learn from that. One of the things that we we also learn when you walk together, who's ever walked or gone on a sort of a a lengthy walk with a group of people, particularly with children? Anybody? Yep, some of you have. You don't just get to choose the pace that you walk at, do you? (laughs) You kind of have this responsibility to kind of stay together and I remember what it was like having toddlers and and little kids and they're not so little anymore but sometimes they outpace me these days but uh, (laughs) except for the ones with little legs but when they were little you kind of have to be considerate you have to learn how to sort of make this sort of compromise you have to learn how to to walk in a way that is respectful of other people around you and that you're walking with don't you and so we begin to it, it helps to teach us Not just to be concerned about me and my... But to kind of look a little bit, lift our eyes up a little bit and look a little bit further outward, doesn't it? God hates loneliness. And He's given us a solution. God's solution to loneliness is two things. Firstly, it's our physical family. We, God puts us into families—mums, dads, sons, daughters, brothers, sisters, uncles, aunties—that sort of thing. He, he puts us together in families, and they're all different shapes and sizes. But that's part of what—part of God's system. And uh, you know, it—it's it, painful sometimes, isn't it, to see the way that the enemy is trying to attack and break down the family unit and steal that away. From people, but the reality is that no matter no matter how good they are, our physical families don't always last forever, do they? Kids grow up and move away. It's kind of been a topic of conversation in our house recently. Kerry often refers to the um, uh, "Who's Seen My Big Fat Greek Wedding." Anybody seen that? And the the daughters growing up and talking about going off to college, and the mothers like, "But why do you want to leave me?" (laughs) but kids do that, they they move up, parents grow old, couples sometimes split up and, and divorce, physical family doesn't last forever. But here's the good thing, the second thing that God has given us is a church family and no matter what happens with your physical family, your church family will last forever. You will always have a church family may not always look exactly the same. We know sometimes people move away and join other congregations and interstate and things like that. So, sometimes our church family doesn't always stay exactly the same, but we always have one. God, God always provides a, a church family for us. Hebrews 10, he encourages us, he says, to stay connected to this. He says, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another. He says, getting together being a church family meeting together connecting relating to one another is really important don't neglect it don't give up on it don't stop doing it community is god's answer to loneliness church our church family this community that we're part of being connected is god's answer to loneliness 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26 says, Well, brothers and sisters, let's summarise. When you meet together, one will sing, another will teach, will speak in tongues and another will interpret what is said. But everything that is done must strengthen all of you. Does that description of meeting together sound like there's many spectators sitting on the sidelines? It doesn't really, does it? There's kind of You get this kind of sense that the intention is that there's involvement, there's interaction, there's a responsibility on the part of each and every one of us to be involved somehow in making church what it is. Ephesians 4 verse 16 says, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, you've got a special work to do, you're a part, aren't you? As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy, growing and full of love. You have a part to play in the church and the part that God has designed for you to play is not just for you. It's not just about what you need. It's not just about making sure you get everything out of church that you need this morning. It's not just about making sure that your needs are met or fulfilled or that you've got a chance to do what you like to do. It's about making sure that all the other parts are growing. It's about making sure that what you do is actually helping your church family to be healthy and growing and full of love. And if what you do is all about how you feel and what you like and your preferences, then somehow we've kind of got a little bit off base because what we do ought to be done from that position of how can I help my family to grow. Yeah? All right, so I need others to walk with me. We're better when we walk together. Number two, I need others to work with me. We're called not just to walk, but to work. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, In Christ Jesus, God made us to do good works, which He planned in advance for us to live our lives doing. There are things that God planned before the creation of the world for you to do. That's a strange thought, isn't it? God cares about the things that you're doing, or not doing, maybe. But you don't have to do it alone. We're designed to do it together. We need people to encourage us as we uh, develop our gifts, as as we discover the, the kinds of things that God has for us. Look at this verse in Ecclesiastes 4, you might know it. It says, two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. In uh, New Century Version, it says this, says two people are better than one because they get more done by working together. How many of you have discovered that? When you're working together with someone else, you're more productive, aren't you? Especially when you've got to lift heavy things or, you know, you need someone to hold up that, the other end of something while you're screwing the You know, flat pack, classic example. Like, how many times you've been trying to put this flat back together and you just, it'll be so much easier if you just had someone else to just come and hold that bit for you while you screwed that bit into there. You know, we are more productive when we work together. Sometimes we think about, particularly in the in the kingdom stuff and in, in the Christian world, we think about people who, you know, seem to have accomplished a great deal uh, on their own. But the reality is that, in, in just about every situation you could name, we could point to people that supported them. We could point to the team that worked around them. Have you ever had a, heard a, a missionary, an overseas missionary speak and they came and said, oh, I'm doing this by myself and I don't really need any help? <laughs> it's not really the kind of thing you hear, is not it? What do we normally hear? Oh, we could really use all the support that we can get. If you want to come and, if you want to help, if you want to support, here's how you can do it you can give financially, you can come and be part of this project here or you can come and do, that's the kind of thing that we normally hear, isn't it? Because they understand when you're on the ground trying to do it, you understand that uh, help means more productivity. More people means you can accomplish more. More people to, to partner means that you can reach more people. You can touch more lives. You can help more people in need. Nobody can do it all. I can't do it all. You can't do it all. Stephen Furtick can't do it all. Rick Warren can't do it all. Nobody can. Do you know what, even Jesus did not try to do His ministry alone. And if If Jesus didn't try to do it, I don't know why any of us would (laughs) even consider it. We need people. If we try to do things alone, we try to shut other people out for whatever reason, there are all kinds of reasons, all sorts of reasons why we do that, isn't there? If we try to do it alone, do you know what we get? Tired. We get worn out. Community is God's answer to fatigue. Galatians 6 verse 10 says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. There's this sense uh, as we look at God's design for church and for us, that there's this this sense of the importance of working together. When I, in an area where I'm really strong, you know, I might be able to help someone else who's not as good in that area. In an area where I struggle and I'm not so great, um, you know, I'll let someone else come and, and contribute and do what they are good at and use their gifts. I don't have all of the gifts that our church needs. And I can run around trying to Uh, visit everybody and and do you know individual bible studies with everybody and i can run around trying to feed everybody and and clothe all the homeless and you know and do all that kind of stuff i'm going to accomplish uh only a tiny bit and i'm going to wear myself out aren't i so we work together we need others to work together with us that's number two number three i need others to watch out for me Philippians 2 verse 4, um, have you ever like gone away on a holiday or something and asked somebody to watch your stuff, to just check up on your house or, you know, your, your dog or your garden or whatever kind of thing might be? Sometimes it's like, you know, when you're, you're out to lunch or, you, you know, and you've got a, a bag or something and you've got to, you know, go to the bathroom or something, you just leave and you say, can you just watch my stuff for me, you know, when someone's there. It's helpful, isn't it? <laughs> have someone there to, to keep an eye out. Who's watching out for your spirit? Who's watching out for you spiritually? Now you say, why, why do we need that? Part of the reason that we need that, I think a big part of the reason that we need that, is because we all have blind spots. We all have areas uh, of weakness in our life that sometimes we don't see too well, don't we? Now, th- there's always things in, in life that we can't, it's like bald spots. It's like, you you know, someone else, you go to the hairdresser and she's like, are you getting a little bit thin there? And <laughs> You don't necessarily see that. Or when you've got a, you know, like one of your brake lights is out on your car. Like, you're on your own, you don't know, do you? Until somebody else points it out. Because it's something that you can't see, or you know, maybe you're out at lunch and someone kind of points out that you got you know this big piece of green spinach in your teeth or something. (laughs) Now we all there's there's blind spots that we have in our life. Philippians two verse four says, "Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too." So we have this sense of of community and as family where sometimes there are things that if they're left unchecked in our lives, spiritual things in our lives, if they're left unchecked, they can get us into a lot of trouble. They can lead us down a path that leads into sin. They can lead us down a path that leads into conflict or broken relationships. But if we've got family... Who are watching out for us with the right kind of motivation—that sort of that that love, that sense of I've got your back—and we've talked about this before. This is uh, this is a really important part of the culture of our church that we want to build here as a church family. Is that we look out for each other, and for for those that we have relationship with, that. We don't instantly take offence when someone comes to us in love and says, hey, I'm really concerned about, you know, what I've noticed or, or this thing or something because we, we kind of have that relationship. Are there people in your life that you've given permission, maybe maybe not sort of directly or overtly but, you know, uh, at least in your own mind and in your own heart that you've given permission to be able to say things to be able to challenge you on things or you know to to, in love to say I'm worried about this area of your life or do we instantly kind of get defensive and protective and you know you're not perfect it's easy to do that isn't it but what do we miss out on by shutting down what do we miss out on by putting up those walls Hebrews 13 verse 1 says, keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. You get that sense? It's not just like a a momentary thing, it's not a fleeting thing, is it? This is like, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. When it's hard, keep doing it, keep loving ecclesiastes 4 verse 12 says a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated but two can stand back to back and conquer three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken why does it make so much difference you wouldn't think that if there was a battle going on there'd be a a lot of difference between the strength of one and the strength of two would you but well, as we look at this verse and we kind of go, why does it make such a difference? The difference is they can stand back to back and no one can sneak up behind them where they, in their blind spot. Someone can see, someone can cover what we can't see and what we can't cover. Community is God's answer to defeat. Community is God's answer to defeat. As we back each other up, we make each other stronger. As we back each other up, we head off uh, potential defeat, don't we? We increase the chance that we can be victorious over a particular enemy or in a particular battle. Ecclesiastes 4.10 says, If one person falls, another can reach out and help. But people who are alone when they fall are in real trouble. I need others to walk with me. I need others to work with me. I need others to watch out for me. Number four, I need others to wait and weep with me. There are some things in life that no one should ever have to go through alone aren't they? I'm sure we don't have to, 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 I could give you a long list of things but you know there, there are things that no one should ever go through alone. I'm sure that you've been in situations and hopefully at the time there was someone who was there for you and you didn't have to go through that situation alone but we all know that there are things in life That come up. There are crises. There are um, there are health issues. There's times when, when, when we face loss of something or someone that we just weren't ready for. We just weren't ready to lose that thing. No one should have to go through that alone. First Peter three verse eight says, "Sympathize with each other. Love each other as brothers and sisters. Be tender-hearted, and keep a humble attitude." first corinthians chapter 12 when paul's talking about you know we're all parts of the body and you know we're all kind of connected and each one plays a part he he says this he says if one part suffers all the parts suffer with it this is god's design for the church is that when uh when when we when we grieve when somebody someone's going through a tough time that they're not alone community is god's answer to despair I don't know if you've ever been in that kind of situation where you didn't know what was going to happen and you felt really alone in that moment. It's really easy for discouragement and despair to sit in. Despair is the absence of hope. Despair is that feeling when you can't see how it's going to get any better and there's no one there to encourage you or to help you see it in that moment. And so community is God's answer to to despair. God doesn't ever want you to be in that place where you have no hope. And as as believers, the Word of God tells us that there is always hope for those who are in Christ. But you know what it's like sometimes when you're in that dark place and you, you just don't feel it. You just can't see it. Sometimes we need someone else to help remind us to help encourage us, to help wait with us until we're back into a place where we can see that again. Romans 12, 15 says, be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. I need people who will wait with me when I face a crisis, who will sit with me, who will pray with me, who will weep with me when I weep. We're not all naturally comfortable with that kind of thing are we I'm not someone I don't know about you uh, especially I I find sometimes it's the blokes but I think sometimes anyone can kind of be in that moment where somebody is upset the the tears are coming and there's kind of like this awkward like what am I supposed to do like I really want to kind of comfort this person encourage this person but I'm not sure what to say I'm not sure what to do there's not always a, a counsellor handy to kind of <laughs> to step in and, and take over. Let, let me give you a little tip because I've been in that situation um, many times. Tears are always a good sign that it's time to stop and pray. <laughs> There's always something that you can do. Um, stop and pray. And remember, you don't, you don't have to fix the problem. Most of the time, you know, it's not, it's not something you can fix or solve. It's just to be there. It's that, that ministry of presence and, and just weep with those who weep and grieve with those who are grieving. First Thessalonians 5 verse 11 says, Encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. Okay, last point, number five. I need others to witness with me. We talk about our mission, we talk about sharing our faith, sometimes that can be a a challenging and a scary thing, can't it? Particularly when we feel like we're supposed to do it alone. God expects you to tell other people about what he's done in his life, he's called you to that, He's, he's given you an instruction to be a witness to what he's done in your life but the good news is you don't have to do it alone. Do you remember when Jesus sent out His disciples to go into the towns uh, around the countryside and and start bringing the good news about the kingdom? He didn't send them out on their own, did He? He sent them out in twos, sent them out in pairs, sent them out with a buddy. They didn't have much, but they didn't go alone. Um, One of the greatest witnesses of your life to unbelievers is the way that you love each other. Jesus said in John 13, he says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And the way that we care for each other, the way that we uh, interact with each other, the way that we create this sense of family and and looking out for each other is a, a big part of our witness and our statement to those around us. The one thing that proves to the world that you're a follower of Jesus, it's not our building, it's not our t-shirts, it's not our programs, it's not our awesome worship team, um, it's our love for each other. And one of the, I, I think one of the, the biggest things that stops us from sharing our faith at times can be Fear. But sometimes having somebody else with you, someone that you know is kind of going to back you up, can help with that, can't it? Sometimes there's that fear of how people will respond or what people will think of us. Sometimes there's a fear of what might change because of what we say. Sometimes there's a fear of what we might lose. Community. Having other people there to, to back you up, to stand with you, to walk with you, um, to, to pray with you, to weep with you over somebody can be a great encouragement in sharing our faith. God's answer to fear is community. Community is God's answer to fear. Look at this verse in Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. It says, Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Okay, so what does that mean? He's going to tell us. He says then whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose fighting together for the faith which is the good news. He says being a citizen of heaven means standing and fighting together for the gospel. Do you know what? I would love for that to be a way that people to, to describe our church family. People who stand together, side by side. People who are passionate about helping people to discover a relationship with Jesus. Who are fighting for people to hear the good news. I would love it if people said that about us as a church. wouldn't that be awesome? Would't that be a great thing? Okay, we need each other we We need to be people who stand together this is This is so important I can't encourage you um, or urge you strongly enough from from my experience as well as from from what god's word says and what god's word tells us. Don't allow yourself to be drawn away from connection with your church family. You need people in your life. You need other believers to walk with you. You need them to work together with you as you you develop your gifts and discover your place in the body. You need believers around you to help watch out for the traps and the obstacles that the enemy will bring and put in our path to try to defeat us and discourage us and make us ineffective for the kingdom you need people around you who will weep with you when you weep and pray with you and wait with you and sit with you when you're going through uh, a difficult time or when you suffer loss and you need people to encourage you and stand with you as you share your faith and as you help other people to discover this amazing good news about Jesus Christ can we pray together Heavenly Father, we thank you for this amazing design that you call church. Lord, this, this family, this, this group of believers and people that you've put us together with. Father, we thank you for this church family that you've called each one of us here today to be a part of. And Father, we want to be the kind of church family that, that has each other's back, that supports each other, that looks out for each other, that walks together. that that strengthens one another and encourages each other and builds each other up. Father, we thank you for the people that you've brought into my life who encourage me and strengthen me. Lord, I thank you for the ways that that makes me um, a a stronger Christian and helps to to build up my faith and my strength. Lord, for those of us who are here this morning that are, are perhaps aware that we've kind of maybe not connected as much as what we should have maybe kept people out because of fear or past hurts or or, or wounds that we've suffered by people in the past Father I pray that you would begin to help us to see the importance of I guess opening up to this family of connecting and building those relationships Lord of a That we would, I guess, have that boldness and that courage to, to take a chance and to allow somebody that place to be able to speak into our life. To sit with us. People that we might share the struggles that we're going through. Lord, help us to be people who show grace towards one another in every situation. You have that heart of caring, that heart of looking out, that heart of protecting. Father, we thank you for family. We thank you that you are in the midst of it all. You are guiding, you are leading and you're watching over. You're working through our brothers and sisters to bless us, to encourage us. Lord lead us. Holy Spirit right now be just pray that you, that we need to maybe make some changes. Maybe it's just inviting someone over for a coffee or a meal, into to a life group. Or connecting with another family. I pray that Father you would just be prompting and leading as we consider how to do that, how to connect, how to be the kind of church and create that kind of atmosphere that you want in our church. pray this together in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. For more information or to listen to other podcasts, head to our website at bethelcrc.org.au. Check out Bethel Family Church on Facebook.